Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 83. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Eric Knighton of the band Brave Days. Uh, They are from Texas, and they are self-dubbed as whatever punk. Um, You guys know me, I don't like the genre labels as much anymore, mainly because... I don't think a lot of people truly fit into one genre. Brave Days is no exception. Um, I think they have a lot of influences from several different genres and musical stylings and have kind of morphed it into their own take on a couple different things. So I highly recommend you go check out the band. Um, Obviously, do that after the podcast. Uh, You know, listen to this episode listen to what Eric has to say. We had an awesome time talking. Um, We've been kind of halfway talking about doing a podcast episode for like a year. Um, And then, you know, life got crazy. Things happened. We just weren't able to link up, Um, you know, and it kind of slid under the rug a little bit. But luckily we were able to kind of rekindle the talk, uh, not that there was any bridges burnt or anything. It just, you know, fizzled out. We, like I said, got busy. So um, definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Eric and I talked about a lot of stuff, uh, including their newest uh, EP, which is about a year old now at this point, but a um, little over a year old, actually. But it's called work in progress and you know it's just such a powerful message um the song content is really cool and we talk a lot about that we talk a little bit about the formation of the band and kind of what it means to be diy and finding the right pieces to the puzzle when it comes to um to music and and eric details the story of you know what happened with him and his previous band a little bit and I think that happens far more frequently than anybody realizes or lets on and uh, I appreciate him talking about that so uh, definitely want you guys to check out their social medias and stuff after the episode Uh, you know we'll have them linked below as always but for now let's go ahead and jump into the conversation that I had with Eric Knighton of Brave Days. Cool. Um, so to start things off, I do start off with the same boring-ass question every time, and I'm sure my listeners are tired of hearing me say that because that's literally my intro for it every time. But yeah. let's just kick off with um, your name, what you do in the band, and a little background on yourself, bud. Okay, cool. Well, I am uh, Eric Knighton. I sing for Brave Days. I'm the, the lead the, the dude who runs around with the microphone and yelling at things. Um, I'm a barber now, uh, as of here recently. And so, um, yeah, that's what, that's, that's the, I work churches and stuff like that as well on the side. That's my side hustle, but, uh, cutting hair, making pomade and tattoo balm and, uh, yeah, just loving, loving life and people got to, super hot fiance and <laughs> and life's good right <laughs> yeah dude we went to the beach this weekend and so i was like wow life can be really awesome sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's amazing like 
you know, especially after the year that we just had, right? Like with COVID locking everything mm-hmm. down and all that, like if we just take two seconds to step back and realize like, A, how lucky we are, but B, like how much those little things matter. Like I, oh, yeah. I went to a state park not too long ago and it was like, man, this is like, how fucking rad is it that, yeah, dude. you know, we just have these areas that we can chill and relax and, and get back to nature. And I know that sounds like super hippie or whatever, but like, it's amazing what it does for your mind and and body when you just Mm -hmm. slow down and release. It's like that little, you hit the reset button. Yeah. Even if it's a pause button, you know, at at least for that time, you know, nothing else really matters. And I think that's super cool uh, for you on the, like, you know, kind of changing career paths a little bit. Like obviously music is still the main focus, but um, you know, taking in, that barber and and creating pomades and whatnot is not as easy as a lot of people probably think it is. It's not it's just mixing not, shit. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> not I, I, I am. Oh, sorry, you cut out for a second. What was that? Did I lose you? Um, you just like cut out for a second. I think you okay. mixing shit and then like yeah, I said, <laughs> I said it, uh, like making pomades is not just mixing shit together. Oh no, dude. I, I did so much research and like in, in school, like I was in the classroom, like, you know, reading stuff and my, uh, some of my teachers would come in, like, I'd be doing my tech, my workbook stuff too. And then they'd be like, wait, what? I'm like, dude, did you know, like Satira 25 comes from, you know, coconuts. And then he was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, my kitchen straight up looked like, uh, like a breaking bad meth lab for a while. It was rough. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if it's something that you're enjoying, like, it, it's okay, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can live with this little bit of mess and whatnot because I enjoy what I'm doing. I mean, I was I was cleaning up afterwards, but right. it was like, it was, it's interesting that you were talking about, like, what COVID did to us. Like, since we weren't able to play shows, and I was like, I've got to be able to do something that is creative and then as well as... um you know, that I can profit off of, that I make, can make money off of. Because, like, I mean, I'm not always going to be... My knees are not always going to allow me to run around with a microphone and yell. And right. so I want to invest in the future. And then, like, I want to have kids. And I want to be married and raise little angry yeah. children, you know, <laughs> have them yell at the government with me. And so uh, right. I was like, you know what? Barbering sounds super cool. And I, one of my best friends is a barber. And he was like, dude, I get the paid... Or I get paid to like talk to people and that's yeah. the best thing ever. And like, you have the best conversations with people. Like there's, they're so they can be open. They're like, Hey man, how are you? How's it, you know, just cutting their hair. Yeah. It's a very human thing. Everyone needs a haircut. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm all right. It's like, no, how really, how are you? They're like, well, and then, you know, everything <laughs> just pours out. You're like, Oh shit, what did I do? But like, it's right. like <laughs> people are just so, so comfortable. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird stereotype, but like I think it's one of the few that Hollywood has kind of gotten right that you know the barbershop is the cool hangout, like everybody's open and relaxed in there, and like for what reason though? Like nobody can tell you why. Yeah, like dudes are. I mean, it it sounds. I guess it sounds a little chauvinistic, but like it's a place for boys to be boys, and it's a hundred percent true because we'll we'll go from like watching a show about Vikings on the history channel to like ridiculousness and just watch dudes getting hit in the nuts on TV. (laughs) And we're all just like, you know, dying, doing haircuts. And it's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Awesome, man. 
Um, so for people that don't know much about the band, let's give a little background on the band. So kind of how did Brave Days form and and what was the vision that you had starting out compared to where you're at already? Um, okay, so kind of funny little segue. <laughs> I got kicked out of my old band. And okay. like, I, so <laughs> I had this old band that like I started in high school and then I went to college in Abilene and I was like, um, this is it. This is my ride or die, you know, and did all the legwork, made the social media, did all the promotion. And then we wanted to do go different directions, kind of, sort of. And I was like, you can make it work. And then we had a meeting, a random band meeting, and like they kicked me out and I was like, oh, well, that sucks. You know, it's like I did everything yeah. for this. And like they they went on, they did their own thing, but they tried to take the social media and I was like, not happening. And so it's like, well, both of us have to start out at ground zero. Yeah. And um, I was like, for a while, I was like, I'm going to go to barber school and I'm not going to play music again. And like it, after the initial shock hit me, I was just right. like, this sucks. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to get hurt like this again. And then I was like, Ah, oh, fuck this. And then, you know, it's like <laughs> I had that I had that drive. And so I started I got I got I talked to Will, the other vocalist. He was a friend that we he did guest vocals with my band, like on stage and stuff like that. And he was in that scene in Abilene. And we'd want, been wanting to play music for a long time. We're like, let's do double vocals, yelling at stuff, and we just don't know what genre we are. And so right. like we were messing around with the concepts of like whatever punk. And so, like, we were listening to, um, like, the Bad Christian podcast at the time. And it's like, dude, I love Emery. It's like, and I've always loved Emery. And so he got into them. And I was like, what if we did a modern take on, like, Emery, Taking Back Sunday, Have Heart. What if they made a nasty love baby? And I was like, that would be so much fun. And so that's kind of what we were going for. And the new stuff is more aggressive. You'll, You'll hear it at some point. But, like, it the more half heart comes into that. But right. um yeah, we were just like, let's be friends first. Like instead of being parts to a band only. It's like we are yeah. friends first and that is it. And like if we go places, cool. If not, cool. We're still making music that we're passionate about and that like people are going to connect with. And yeah. so yeah, it's we're like, we joke around and say like we're the youth group kids that like your parents were like, don't hang out with those guys. Right. <laughs> and then yeah, we're just going to grow up very much. But, but I mean, you know, being from kind of the, the right age group, so I'm 36. So okay. seeing Taking Back Sunday come out, you know, seeing Under Oath come out, things like that. Um, you know, I think it's it's funny that you say that you're the, the youth group kids that you're not supposed to hang out with, because that's really why Emory ended up doing like, because they were Christian music and people were like, yeah, but are they really? I mean, they're screaming, they're doing these, you know, not quote unquote, very Christian things. And it's like, but what makes, you know, yeah, defined specifically by what that stereotype has always been. Yeah. Just because that's the norm doesn't mean that's the only way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really cool. Cause like, so Emery, my sister introduced me to Emery. And they, they had already had, I think they were on the third album by the time I got introduced. So I was eighth grade or something like that. So I, I already knew like Reliant K and, and MXPX. And then I found Descendants as well, the same time period. 
and then just like went downhill from there. I was just like, ah, rabbit hole. And, uh, <laughs> and then under oath on top of that. And so, yeah. um, I was behind, I didn't watch them come up. Like they were already, you know, a thing. Right. I think my first under oath album was, uh, define the great line. So I missed that wave, but I got to ride like all the other bands upcoming behind them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love what they did. And then, it's coming back around and I'm stoked on yeah. that super tight. Cause I was like, Oh man, I never got out of that tight. This is sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it's funny that, you know, we're coming into like this, this second age of pop punk and mm-hmm. like the hardcore Christian hardcore and stuff like that. And it's like, to me, seeing it come back around is super cool. Like I wasn't necessarily in the heyday of punk music, you know, like mm-hmm. the way back when we, Black Flag was, you know, wise, all them, no, but like seeing All Time Low, Taking Back Sunday, all yeah. these types of, you know, Newfound Glory really taking off, things like that. And now to see bands like State Champs, Knuckle Puck, they're like, hey, this scene's not fucking dead and we're just going yeah, to jumpstart everything. It's really, really cool. And I think it's something that, I've said for a long time that, you know, punk or pop punk will never die because you're always going to have people pissed off about something. So, you know, (laughs) that's, that's just never going to end. And I think, you know, something for, for listeners, for you guys is I think the, a lot of times there's the misconception when it comes to when people get labeled punk music, right? Because Mm -hmm. they automatically assume it's, it's anti-establishment to the degree that you just don't want to conform or whatever. And what I don't think a lot of people understand and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel this about you guys that it's not just a fuck authority to say fuck authority. It's I've looked into these topics and issues and this is why I don't agree with them. I love you. I want to hug you right now. (laughs) (laughs) People haven't, I always have a really difficult time like explaining things and like, especially like with my fiance, like we're having conversations. She's like, how does your brain work like this? Like, <laughs> it's weird, dude. I'm sorry. But like, um, you don't, you, we're not rebelling for rebellion's sake. It's, it's, right. it's like, there are, you can be punk and not be a dick about things, you know? And it's like, you can be punk and be good at what you do and make good music. You know, and so like, um, I really appreciate that. Like, you picked that up. It's like instead of saying, "It's like you're butt mad in just to be butt mad." It's like we are butt mad for these specific reasons. Let me list them, but like, do it in right. a not advertly, you know, aggressive way. Yeah. And so it's. Um, I probably didn't use that word right in the correct. It's okay. It's cool. But, yeah, it'll um, be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Glad you glad you caught that. Yeah. And I I think, you know, the reason I bring that up is because I think too often people look at the genres and I personally try not to label genres anymore because nobody really fits in any one box anymore. Mm -hmm. And if the subject matter of the music is good, who cares if it's a country song, a punk song, a rock song, whatever, like, I don't care if Justin Bieber sings it, if the content of that song is relatable and relevant, Fuck it. That's cool. Yeah. I love, I used, so I used to play full time in a Texas country band. And (laughs) 
it, yeah, dude, it was, oh man. So I, I play bass as well. And then like, it was so much fun, but like those guys, some of the bands that they introduced me to, I was like, wow, they hate the cops as much as I do. But like, you know, not to like hate, hate the cops, right. but like hate, hate what they stand for. And, um, you know, like NASCAR came from running from police and like, yeah. that's, that's the most like, you know, redneck thing that you could think of most country music thing ever. And it's like, oh, wow. Like outlaw country, mm-hmm. like the, the term redneck itself came from wearing red bandanas because you had they were miners on strike and they were straight up fighting the government right and so it's like wait i don't think they get it like the modern country it's like i don't think they get it but like it is such old old stuff has such a good message yeah yeah i've said you know modern country isn't country modern country is is pop music with country undertones yeah dude it's just pop music with beer Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's dive into a little bit on, you know, you, we kind of got off topic there. So you Sorry. and Will, no, no, you're fine. This happens all the time on my show and I'm totally fine with it because I think it gives people these little peeks into the band that they don't normally mm-hmm. get. Um, but you said you and Will, you know, kind of linked up. Let's be friends first. So talk a little bit through you know, linking up with him, becoming friends and, and saying, you know what, let's, let's give music another chance because you said you were kind of burnt out at that point. After oh yeah. The I, was, drama. I was, I was way burnt out and I was like, man, I don't want to, you know, open myself up like this again and to like be, be able to be hurt. And Will and I are, we have a very open relationship where we will like, we'll talk about things. We'll call each other out on things and it's super cool. Um, He's a great, great friend. I was just a best man in his wedding like last weekend. And yeah. so, uh, and the, the rest of the band, like we were the grooms dudes and it was super tight. But um, <laughs> we, so we did that and it was hard to find other people that we really like jived with um, musically and as also as people. And so we had, before we moved to Dallas, since we live in Dallas now, <clears throat> sorry, allergies, terrible time to deal with allergies when you're like in a COVID spike. Yeah. um, (laughs) So we had the lineup over there and they're like, they they were like, Hey, we don't want to move to Dallas. Like, Hey, cool. So we did things acoustically for a while. And just, just the two of us, we we played with Levi, the poet, we played least of these, we played with like way heavier bands than we should have as an acoustic (laughs) act. But it was because of our subject content or the the, right. the content of the songs probably, and um, still had crowd surfing and stuff like that, even doing acoustic shows, which was sick. But we found people over here that um, we got along with that we had played shows with before, and that's kind of how the lineup is now. It's built up of people like friends we were friends with before that were also in other bands that broke up. We were just like, hey, let's all <laughs> hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've talked about before on the show is the importance of finding the right people, because, you know, if it's just like you said, kind of earlier where you're just pieces of the band, but there's no real chemistry and friendship. Yeah. You may be able to make good music, but is it sustainable? You know, is there long term, you know, is there longevity within the band that, you're replaceable at that point because you're just yes. a, 
a piece of the machine. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I think it's super important for anyone listening to this that's potentially going to start a band or anything to take that away that, you know, like these people, especially if you start making ground and start playing shows and touring, like you're going to be around these people all the time. You need to make sure that they're people you get along with and that your your values and and ideals kind of line up with. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, that's that's huge oh gosh i can't i can't tell you how many times i how many people that not not just we have gone through but like in other bands and in other projects like like that so that country band that i was a part of they were doing super well or that texas country my bad they were right they were we're texas country we're not country <laughs> but um they like since i was a hired gun i didn't really have a dog in the fight but they eventually broke up and i was like dang dude I have to get a job now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so like, it's, it was all about the money. It was all about like, you know, playing the shows together and like they, each person, they performed a task and then that was it. Now, like that was the extent. Whereas the lead guitar player for that band, actually funnily enough, the first day that like, they were like, Hey, we found this dude that plays bass. He's going to have to go play at practice. And so I went over there, I didn't know these dudes. I was honestly kind of stressed on the way because it's this little town outside of Abilene. I was like, I'm going to hate this. This is going to suck. Then I go into this dude's house and he's listening to Emery. Like, (laughs) and he was like, Hey, what's up, man? And I was like, Hey, I'm looking for Daniel. I was like, I'm Daniel. I was like, hell yeah. And so (laughs) got along. He ended up being the founding, like lead player, lead guitar player for Brave Days. Like we became good friends on top of like, yeah, we played money. We or we played we played music. We made money doing it, and it's music that neither of us were like. That was what we wanted to do. It was like we were hired guns, and then you know it just you know fell into place, kind of sort of. Right. And then we're still great friends. He just didn't wasn't able to move with us. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's important, you know, for people to think about that too. Like, just because it doesn't necessarily work out, like you know now that that's somebody that if you have demos that you need an honest opinion on, you can shoot a demo over to him and be like, dude, this is what we're doing. What do you, you know, it's missing something. Tell me what we're missing. Yeah. He's also asking me to play on, play some bass on um, tracks down the line. He's like, I want to start a, a more aggressive um, thing. Cause he was doing the Texas country stuff for a little bit longer. It's like, I want to start a different band, you know, and just do studio stuff. It's like, I want you to play. I was like, Oh, that'd be so much fun, dude. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that, I think that's huge. I've definitely talked about this a lot for DIY type artists, right? Like don't burn any bridges that you're not a hundred percent sure you don't need. And yeah. like, obviously you don't want to like hang on to any toxic relationships by any means, but like, just because like with you and, and Daniel, like, okay, it didn't work out because he can't move at this time, whatever, but that's someone that still is a connection. And if something changes, there's already an opening there. You know, you never know who that connection is going to lead to as well. I was talking to a band not too long ago that they just happened to know somebody that happened to know somebody that ended up getting them on a pretty big national tour to open for like 12 dates. And it's like, if they wouldn't have talked to that guy anymore, who knows what they would have done instead. Yeah. Like pre, so, but it's, I mean, on top of the connection part, going back to just being friends, right? you don't want to burn those bridges. Like, there are still people. They are still, you need to see them 
as humans just because they are yeah. humans. They are still your friend versus like the the ability to make connections. But like he um he hit me up like oh this was before COVID. That's why this got ruined. But um he was gonna bring O Sleeper out to uh to that tiny little town. Yeah, and they're, they're from Fort Worth, so like you know the other side of the DF Dubs. Right. But like O Sleeper is one of my favorite bands of all time. And so he was like, hey, do you guys want to play this? I was like, are you doing the bear shit in the woods? Like, yes, dude. <laughs> like, of course. And then yeah. COVID came along and, and ruined everything. But Yeah. And so let's dive into that because COVID really kind of fucked you guys over last year. Yeah. You had, a, you had an album that came out in May <laughs> when everything was like, hey, by the way, you're not going to tour anytime soon. Yeah, so dude. talk about, oh, you know, the... The pressures of that, because obviously everything was done and ready. Like, talk about the mindset of: Do we sit on this for a while versus should we just get it out? That was pretty much it. Like, we were just like, "What do we do?" Because like we had we had just signed with a small label, and I had I sold my car for a van, which is sitting out in the parking <laughs> garage right there. Uh, so I have a fifteen passenger van as my. Um, I try not to take it anywhere or very far but like that's my daily driver right and so we had i think we had a week i don't know i can't remember but like we had just had our first sold out show we didn't sell it out but we were on it which was freaking tight and it was in austin and it it was going to be the maiden voyage of millie which is the millennium falcon which is our hunk of junk fast hunk of junk (laughs) on this side of the galaxy by the way love the star wars shirt and um (laughs) and um that was gonna be the first first voyage and then like shut down and like oh yeah it'll be fine you know two weeks everyone thought it was gonna be two weeks and we're gonna be back to normal and then nothing and so we're like okay well we already have uh, a tour booked with sink in which are some of our dear friends we just toured with them um and it was going to be the south and then, or the south coast, and then like the Gulf Coast and then the East Coast. And it was going to be the first like tour, tour, tour. Right. And we weren't able to do that. And so like that came along, and I was like, okay, well, what do we do? And then like we just released this album. We weren't able to play a release show. Um, but like I said, we kept busy writing demos but we probably have you know an album and a half that we're sitting on like right (laughs) of things that we've already written in quarantine like will was writing like a madman like no joke there were sometimes two demos a day and i was like dude what are you doing (laughs) right (laughs) stop taking adderall (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think you know for me um so when all that went down, I was actually supposed to go see Silverstein, like, I don't know, maybe four days after the news initially broke that, hey, you know, like, we're probably going to shut down, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, they'll just take that part of the, the tour and they'll slap it on the end. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then, like, like you said, it, it turned into, no, we're actually just going to stop everything. And it's like bro, what the fuck? Like (laughs) Silverstein was on their 20th uh, anniversary tour. Taking back Sunday was starting theirs. Newfound glory had one. Bayside was getting ready to start one. It's like, you just took all the music that I grew up with and went, yeah, you're not going to hear that now. Like fuck off. 
what? At least just live. Happened? You're not going to hear that live. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, you, you dropped the album because almost out of necessity, right? Like, you have to stay yeah. relevant. Um, so, talk a little bit about, you know, being DIY, just signing to the label, dropping an album, and then that feeling that you get because I don't, I, you know, I don't perform music anymore way back in high school I did, but you know, like of here's my piece of art, but I can't go out and perform it live. You know, like what does that do to you? Like mentally and, and morale. So I honestly went to, and I'm still dealing with it. Like as you know, things are back relatively speaking, but like, I'm still like, wow, I have a career. Do I want to be doing this, you know, mm-hmm. for extended time? But like, um, I felt like, I'm, like, it was like, it was like being, you know, kicked out of my old band. I, was like, I felt like stopping making music. Like, I'm not encouraged to do this. And the creative process, like the way that my mind works is like, unless there are other people, unless I see people, um, there's an immediate result almost. Right. I'm not encouraged. And so like, my favorite thing is the live show. Like, even if you can't hear vocals worth a dang, the monitors are awful, in-ears mixes are terrible, I get to go ape shit, and we get to go off, and we'll, we'll still be stupid and puddles of sweat on the floor, and it's still a banger of a show. Right. But you can't do that with an album, unless someone is absolutely losing their mind, like smacking their head against their wall in their living room, which would yeah. be sick. But, like, <clears throat> it was... It was like, okay, well, this is cool, but it's not a live set. Like, we're not playing a live show. We got great feedback. Um, people loved it. Uh, work in progress ended up doing really well. Super sick. The 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 label, the Honey Gold guys were like, hey, this is awesome. Like, you know, we, we made something real cool with this. And it, there was, I don't see, two songs on there that we never got to play live. We, we just now did and it was right. it went off it was a lot of fun but um it was super disheartening to not be able to play to someone and like like i said it was uh got to the place where i was like wow i almost want to quit i yeah. almost want to completely stop making music it doesn't feel like there's any kind of um benefit to it anymore and writing and getting that creativity is great but I hate, I absolutely hate being in the studio. I can't stand it. And so, yeah, it was, we did, I did some studio work like while, while we were in quarantines or not in quarantine, but like right after Texas had, had dropped part of it. Um, and it was cool. It was a lot of fun. It's like, but this isn't a live show. Right. So all of us were, you know, slowly losing our minds collectively. We, we don't, I mean, I, I have like two brain cells to begin with and they're, <laughs> They're working real hard in quarantine right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, but like it gave me the time. That's when, that's when I went to like, when, as soon as it got lifted, I was like, I'm going to go to barber school. I can't work. I'm going to go to barber school. I'm going to do something else. And um, it was awesome. It ended up being a huge blessing in disguise. And, and uh, yeah, as soon as I got done with my testing, like I passed the test and the next day I started full time and, in, in uh, my friend's shop. But awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was it was super tight. But um 
the music part is still lacking. Like I, I, I wish that we were able to do that EP release show and like we, there's nothing we we can't change that. So right. roll with like what we have. It's that's the DIY. Like you were asking about DIY. It's like that is the mindset. It's like you have you people. Someone else can't do it. Well, right. I have I have a house. I have an open floor space. And I have these two really crappy guitar amps that I can plug microphones into. Let's do a show here. It's like, you know, I know someone that knows someone that runs a screen printing shop. Let's get them to make shirts. And then we'll sell them ourselves versus a website doing it. It's that that um, being thrifty that I'm, t- I'm trying to not name the scout laws for a second. But like, right. the, <laughs> it's the... Um, that what I love about DIY, it's like the taking of what you have and then making the most out of it. And like I learned how to do that with, you know, I, I was raised in West Texas, and so it's like you know, not not the city, definitely not the city. Right. You, there, you don't have a whole lot out there, but you you yeah. take the little bit that you have and you learn how to make, you know, um, your time worthwhile. And so that same that same mindset really applied over to DIY music. So the things that they taught me in, in Boy Scouts carried yeah. over and yeah, it, I think it worked out, you know, yeah. but I think that goes back to, you know, kind of talking about those connections that you form and things like that. Right. Like you have to manage your resources because a, you know, yeah, you guys are on a label, but it, and we're not going to shit talk your label. I have nothing against your label at all, but like them versus Warner brothers music, like, There's obviously a gap, right? Warner Brothers may be able to pay for a bunch of shit for you to go do whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas DIY or even on a small label, even like some of your your well-known indie labels, like Mm -hmm. Hopeless Records, Fearless, all those guys, a lot of their roster sat last year because what can you do? Like, Yeah. yeah, we could put on a live stream, but financially, is it worth even the label putting the money up? Whereas being DIY or on a, you know, a small label, you look at your budget and go, okay, this is coming out of my pocket. So you're a lot more conscious of what can I do to maximize my exposure with the money that I'm putting in? Um, You know, like you said, I've got a connection to a screen printing, you know, shop. So let's make t-shirts. We'll sell them instead of paying commission through a, a website or anything else, because that's return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think for myself, obviously being in the music industry, if you will, you know, being a music journalist for so long, but even just being a fan of music, like I would much rather personally go to a show and buy a shirt off you guys on tour rather than go through the website. Like, yeah, the website's cool. It's easy access. I'm still going to get what I want, but there's just you know where that money's going when it's a $20 bill handed to the front man of a band and he hands you a shirt back, you know, like I know that that money hit you versus, you know, we'll go back to Justin Bieber. Like he needs his merch sales, but like (laughs) easily 30% of that is going to his record label because they're the ones fronting all the money. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Totally. And I, I really appreciate that mindset as well. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yay, we have debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for anyone listening to this that does get out to a show now that live music is starting to open up, like 
the reason that the tip jar is on the merch counter really is a lot of times so that that band can get gas, they can grab McDonald's, whatever. Like, yeah. you literally might be the reason that they get a hotel room for a night versus sleeping in the van that night. Oh, 100%, dude. 100%. It, and I think that gets lost. Oh, you're on tour. You must be making money. And that's, you know, especially in the DIY scene, that's not really true. <laughs> oh, definitely not. <laughs> Uh, so let's dive into the, the album a little bit. So it's been out for about a year. Uh, obviously, I'm going to link everything for you guys as well. But, um, you know, talk a little bit about from a subject matter standpoint. We've touched on it a little bit. But, you know, this album was, you know, it's called Work in Progress for a reason, right? Like, yes, <laughs> we are. Everyone is a work in progress. So talk a little bit about, like, the concept behind everything. So, um, and even if you look at like the, uh, the, the art of the album, yep. we intentionally put like the tree and the rings and the, you know, stuff like that as they are works in progress, they're pieces of, of bigger thing, but yeah, yeah. our, that was cool. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, it was super fun, but, um, so work in progress, like you said, it's all about people are works in progress. Uh, the title track is is all about my my dealing with um, mental health stuff. At you know, you think of things as um, linear. That's definitely not the case. Like you, you're gonna have, you're gonna have yeah. dips and you know peaks and troughs. But um, wherever you are and wherever you land, you're not done. Like that's not where you can't afford to stop. So you right. have to push to go to that next place and you can't you can't think about um perfection in any way like that that's unrealistic it's not it's not possible it's supposed to be not possible at least you know in my faith traditions like it's not humanly possible for a reason and so that definitely affected how i think about that but even from a secular perspective, it's all about seeing where you are now and not seeing, not trying to see perfection. It's like being content where you are now and making the small steps that it takes to make that progress and that progression. Yeah. And so like for me to, to kind of play on that a little bit, you know, there's an old saying and I don't remember who said it. So I'm not going to try to, you know, name who the quotes from, but it is that real art is never finished and whether that's your music or whatever, but like think about your yourself as a piece of art, because regardless of your beliefs, like existence is a piece of art. So you're never truly finished building yourself and becoming what you're supposed to be. And I think it's cool that you, you kind of morph that into this song that, you know, you're, no matter, like you said, no matter where you're at, whether it's a, the highest of highs right now, it's not over for you. There's still building blocks that you can, can use to build yourself back up or kind of get to your final form, if you will. Yeah. 
this isn't even my final form. <laughs> That's what I tell myself when I'm uh, <laughs> I'm in that that black hole. This is not even my final form. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's important for people to think about it, kind of like that, right? Like for those that don't get our our inside reference there, uh, <laughs> that's from Dragon Ball Z. It's Frieza uh, who does go under transformations, but like. It, it is important to think about it in that way to some extent. Like on your worst day, you have to remember this is not the position or person I am. This is just a moment in time and I'm going to get past it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I tried to. Okay. So there's this band called Worthwhile that's, they were on Hopeless, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So they have a song called Messy Masterpiece. And I can't listen to it without crying. I absolutely love that song. <laughs> but I was thinking about it one time. And <clears throat> the, okay, so Masterpiece, a work of art. And I think it's called a mosaic. Mm-hmm. Mos, mos, mosaic, I don't know. They're yeah. broken pieces, pieces of broken Where it's life. a bunch of little things that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like, it's something that is completely broken, that is destroyed. It's useless. The only thing that's good for it is hurting, you know, walking on it and it's like stepping on a Lego and you're stabbing your foot or something. But like it is still put together and it makes something beautiful. Like you look at like stained glasses or stained glass uh, art. You have Mm -hmm. to break that and you have to clip it and cut in certain ways and you have art. So take something that is completely useless and refurbish it and make it into something that can tell a story something that is creative it's expressive it comes out of someone's brain i don't know super dope super super sick yeah and i think you know that's where not that other creative outlets aren't as good but i think that's where music really lends itself to be the most powerful thing that we have because like there's a the sonic side of it right like Mm-hmm. just what the music sounds like and that can evoke emotions and and healing but then you get the lyrical content and you go oh i'm not the only person that feels this way or somebody else has dealt with something like this and now you've got that connection too and you know heal music in general just like legitimately i'm giving myself goosebumps talking about it and thinking about it mm-hmm. because like when People say that an artist saved their lives or whatever, like sometimes that may just be the the phrase, you know, like, oh, it, it's just a turn of phrase. But there's a lot of times that that is 100% accurate and that person is still on this planet because somebody's song made them feel like they were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so fucking powerful. And I think, you know, obviously with your music, you, you write very authentic music, stuff that applies to you and that comes from your life experiences. And I think that's more important than your, your poppiest, you know, top 40 song that everybody just thinks is fun or whatever, because yeah, the music that's authentic is going to be the music that people connect to and resonate with and go, Oh, I can get through this life. And it's not just a game. Yeah. Well, thank you for, uh, for recognizing that. Um, I mean, you, you grew up listening to a lot of the same music. So Josh Scoggin from the yeah. chariot, one of my favorite people mm-hmm. on this, this earth. Um, one of my favorite quotes from him is Jesus saved my soul, but punk rock saved my life. 
And I was like, that is the best thing I have ever heard. And so like, and like both of them play off of each other so well, like you can see the gospel in punk rock and, and vice versa. It's, it's so, it's such a awesome redeeming thing. And like, I mean, I wouldn't be here if I didn't find, if I didn't go to some shitty hole in the wall venue where you had to use your phone light to find the toilet, you know, (laughs) and like, and I found community and I was like, you know, if, if you choose to listen to music where someone is yelling at you, there's probably not something right. Like going, going on with your brain, there's probably something off kilter. And so it's really, it's really nice to find, like you find your family in the place where your parents tell you not to go. Yeah. Like I had to sneak out to go to shows and I found like where I belonged. Like I found the people that actually got me in, you know, extremely conservative Midland, Texas, where, you know, we were the, when I was in high school, we had the most we were number one, you know, for teen pregnancy in America. And yeah. I was like, I can't talk to women. I'm going to go to a punk show. <laughs> you know, right. I was invited to house party. <laughs> and I, I'm going to go to a punk show. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think there's a word that you used that is super important to me. And that's the community aspect of it. Right. Yes. So you make the scene is literally founded out of that idea that every yeah. single person that is at that show or in that community is what makes that scene. And I think it's super important because, you know, like you said, now you show up to that show, that, that punk rock show, that metalcore show, whatever it is. And now you're surrounded by other people that love the same thing that you love and yeah. you're, you're not alone anymore. And you can start going, you know what, if I can, start making friends with these people that I already have something in common with, mm-hmm. maybe I'll start to feel better and you, you can be more open. And it goes back to, you know, kind of the barbershop thing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Like you're going to meet somebody at a show at some point. That's like, Hey man, how's it going? You know, talking in between a set and you're going to be like, ah, I'm good. And they're going to go, nah, man, like how the fuck are you doing? And it's yeah. just going to open up. And that's, that's so powerful. Yeah. It's the, uh, Getting, getting emotional just thinking about that. Yeah. I'm a big wiener, by the way. <laughs> big wiener. But at the same time, like, hey, I've been doing this a lot longer than you, so that may be part of this <laughs> for me. But I'm pulling the old man card on that. But no, like... No, you're good. <laughs> it, I think that that goes to prove our point, that music is that powerful, that, yeah, you know, you like you said, you get emotional about it. I get emotional about it. I've got goosebumps talking about it. Uh, our buddy Dylan can tell you that he and I had yes. some really <laughs> in-depth conversations and stuff like, and it, it's all connected through music, man. And yeah. I think that is so important because maybe it's because like when I was growing up, I wasn't included in, in all the other stuff, you know, like I played sports, but I wasn't like a jock or in sports necessarily. Mm-hmm. I played because I needed something to do. So I don't know if that same type of connections there, but when it comes to no, music, no, I feel that. <laughs> like when it when it comes to music, man, like that connection's there, and some of my best friends have been made through just liking the same music initially. Yeah, and then we find out how much alike we really are. Yeah, it's the most. <clears throat> it <clears throat> sorry, uh, <laughs> you'll you'll find that like you definitely understand that like when when someone likes the same band. 
you connect on a much deeper level than like yeah. it's like oh we like a sports team that's super cool it's like oh we like the same heart wrenching lyrics hey nice. yeah. you probably have things wrong with you as well it's like you know <laughs> right and you know like i i say not to make light of it but i'm making light of it because i use comedy to deflect but <laughs> like you know it, like you said when when Bayside said, take this razor, sign your name across my wrist so people know who left me like this, like, mm. hey, that's a fucking dark lyric, right? Like, yeah, dude. super heavy. But then when you go to a show and somebody else is shouting that lyric at the top of their lungs right beside you, it's like, mm, you and I have the same trauma. Let's be friends so that we can get <laughs> through that trauma. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, I totally, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, so I think... You know, obviously we got off topic a little bit, but yeah, it's cool. I think with no, I, I yeah, I think it plays back into the album though, the work in progress, right? So, getting out to these shows, finding that music that you love, finding the people that love that music, it's all part of your work in progress because then you're building that support circle, that that group around you mm-hmm. that really lets you become you versus the facade you've had to put up because of the area you grew up in or yeah. the type of parents that you had or whatever it is. And I think that's where, you know, that message, while maybe not blatant in your face in your music, that message is kind of underwritten behind the words to some degree. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's definitely the goal. My, my goal is to never, um, cause I had it done to me for so long, never to, preach at someone or mm-hmm. you know make something explicitly clear through like i want someone to read 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 my lyrics and read what i've what i've written and it's you can take whatever whatever it comes like whatever it speaks to you you can take that but it's also like there's a very clear message that i'm not saying to you like directly to you like it's going to touch it's going to touch you that sounds weird but like it's going to touch you and you're going to respond to it the way that is going to make sense to you right yeah i i think it goes into the the idea that you know you're gonna you're gonna hear these words and in that moment they're gonna mean whatever they mean to you Mm -hmm. and at some point you're gonna get past whatever you're dealing with you know trauma is the easy thing to say but whatever whatever you're dealing with at that time and then you're going to hear that song again from a much better mentally stable place or whatever and go oh this is really what he was saying that whole time and now i understand what that message is yeah that's the that's one of my favorite things about about music or just lyrics in general it's like you can you can write about you can write about pepperoni pizza and (laughs) someone's going to hear only the pepperoni part. Someone's going to hear only the pizza part. And then like, they're going to listen to it later. And then they're going to be like, wow, this could be about ham pizza. This could be about, you know, pineapple pizza. You know, it's like there, people can take their own interpretations of it, even though it's like, this was only about pizza, you know? And then, but people from whatever perspective they're in, whether it be their mood, their, their faith tradition or their, um their you know mental health status or whatever they're gonna they're gonna interpret it in a different way like everyone is yes it's it's just super cool i love i love seeing that 
Yeah, um, I'm pretty positive it's Dave Grohl, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote, but it's basically, I'm pretty, like 99% sure it's him. But he said, you know, the cool thing about music is I write songs with one meaning to myself. That song means specifically this thing. But then I get out on stage or it hits the world and it means thousands of different things to thousands of different people because it hits them at that moment in their life where that's what they needed. And I think that's super cool and, and powerful because it's so true that, you know, like, like what you were just saying, I could listen to the same song that you listen to. And if we wrote a one paragraph synopsis of it, mm-hmm. we're not going to say the same thing about that song. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about 2021, right? Things okay. are finally starting to get back to normal to some degree. Um, yeah. What's kind of a perfect, <laughs> what's kind of a perfect into 2021 look like for you? Like in a perfect world, what would the rest of the year hold for you? Um, I just want to hang out with my friends and play music like that's whether it can be i mean in we're talking about from a music perspective right so well i mean uh, you you can get on the personal side of things too with the barber and and the hot fiance and everything as well (laughs) dude um yeah i mean it's i I want things to be stable maybe it's just because of of how covid was or maybe it's just because like i chose to do diy music you know, <laughs> the most yeah. in- unstable, you know, uh, thing, but like, I want stability and I want, um, I want something to be there to show for, you know, what I'm working on. But, um, I mean, just shows like shows to go well Our one of our dudes is moving uh, here in a little bit. And so like our time left with each other, like I want, the shows that we play to be absolutely off the chain, stupid, you know, a headstock has got to go in someone's yeah. butt cheeks while they're, you know, not looking, <laughs> you know, something, something dumb like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for, for fans or maybe new listeners, what can they expect out of you? Quote unquote, in the real world, um, you know, as 2020 progresses or 2021 progresses, um, you said you guys have a lot of music, kind of pre-written demos, things like that. Is there plans to slowly start, you know, releasing some stuff? Get we're, so we're already working on um, our second EP. Um, we have been mixing and mastering a single uh, for the past like month or so, and um, we're working real hard on that. Or we're trying to get our our mixed process down because everyone you know we're we all, we're all from different genres of music and so we all right. have different different thoughts about things but um yeah we have a new single um it's very aggressive and very political probably the most like aggressive and political thing that we've done um that is i mean it was we wanted it to drop august 13th you know just for funsies because friday the 13th yeah, but that's not going to be the case now. But um, once it gets mixed and stuff like that, like I'll, I'll shoot it to you and um, give you a sneak peek, and you can be angry 
<laughs> angry with us. Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, as we kind of wrap up here, um, talk a little bit about the, I, I guess, the direction coming out of out of COVID for you. Obviously, you know, we talked about you've got a little bit of stability with the, the barber thing. You still want to do music. Let's talk about the, the motion with the band, right? Like if your trajectory takes off, you know, for the next, let's say six months, right? You guys are just doubling your audience, whatever it is. Ultimately in your heart, is the goal to go, obviously it's to take it as far as it can go, right? Like major label, if you can get there. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a negative thing. It's just, we both know major labels don't do punk yeah. music. They don't do anything loud and, and screaming. Well, not anymore. But, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, you're, that's totally true. Like Slayer kind of, I guess, Slipknot a little bit still, but. Um, uh, was it? I think MXPX did a major Reliant K did a major release. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for, for you though, in your heart, is it, is that the goal or is it more, I just want to, like you said earlier, you know, playing music that you care about with your friends. So it's a weird, it's a weird toss up for that because like there are, there are obviously better bands around in the area that like are blowing up a little bit more that we're in the same vein, the same, like kind of in the same world, but have very different lyrical content. And so our goal, and we, we decided this, like, you know, this is from the foundation from the beginning is to rather than be, we're using Justin Bieber as an example. Yeah. Like as instead of writing something for, everyone we're writing for ourselves it's like we were writing music that we would enjoy i mean i'm, I'm wearing his dang hat you know levi the right. poet and so like in one of his his poems he's like if you write for everyone you write for no one and yeah. i was like oh that hurt <laughs> like that's great <laughs> and so yeah. yeah it's like we we'll, i mean we'll 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 find our niche like people in in that niche and in that vein of things will always be there. Like you, you and I, we were talking about it earlier. Whether it be the true true punk, true hardcore, punk can go to the mainstream. Hardcore can go to the mainstream. But there's always going to be that remnant of people that are the the real fans that are the the true people. It's never going to die because they're always going to be angry at someone. There's always going to be some some shitty mildewy basement where. They're going to want to have those shows where it's going to yeah. be it's going to be something true. It's going to be something authentic and you know heartfelt rather than a message that everyone's going to want to hear. It just happens to have screaming in it, you know. Right. And so that's that's what we're go, we're shooting for. It's like we are we we would rather have one fan that is like your your words connected with me. It's like I felt what you felt rather than a hundred yeah. people that just want, you know, that will pay a hundred bucks for whatever and not give a shit about like the art that's behind it. 
Do, am I making any sense or am I just rambling? Yeah. No, no, that makes <laughs> okay. total sense. It, it, like appealing, appealing to the masses and getting to Justin Bieber level, like obviously in the materialistic world we live in, yeah, everybody wants it, right? I don't have millions upon millions of dollars to fuck around with. Yeah, but at the same time, like, and I'm not saying that Justin Bieber doesn't have songs of substance, but like, if I just do the cookie cutter thing that gets me famous, but I'm not real to myself, was mm-hmm. it worth, it's almost that like, did I just sell my soul because I wanted to make money? You know, like, yeah. I, that's not the goal here. Yeah. So in a like, so I guess tie that in. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. Okay. So like growing up, I, I had like really big, you know, like I said, conservative West Texas where, you know, football is a way of life and I suck at sports. I'm just, ter- I'm terrible. I have no hand-eye coordination whatsoever. Um, I'm a, I, yeah, dude. So like, I was terrible. I'm, I'm a really bad uh, West Texan. And so and I don't <laughs> like sports. I don't like football. Like to this day, I'm just like, yeah. And so like, I joined choir because my sister was in choir and I thought that was fun. I played bass because our youth group needed a bass player. And I ended up finding like what I love and like what I'm passionate about. And because I sucked, it's like, and I'm, I'm not naturally talented. I, I had to work my butt off to get to like a decent level. And like, then just like, I was like, Oh man, I really hope that people will see my passion <laughs> rather than my talent. Right. And so, <laughs> and so like like I've I've dealt with, you know, not liking myself for such a long time through all that. It's like, wow, I, I can't be a normal dude. It's like, why am I not wired to like to enjoy sports, to to just like the these things? And then I realized that when I was authentic to myself and I was creating something that I love and that I'm proud of and that I'm expressing that the people that recognize that are going to be around me. Right. And I, I would rather, much rather have authentic people and do something that is true and authentic to myself rather than something appeal to the masses. Yeah. Yeah. So for the final question, quote unquote, uh, normally I, I have, you know, just, odd little questions, but there was something that you said just a minute ago that made me change my mind on what I want to ask you because it, it's a little less controversial now because it's been out for a while, but you made the comment that, you know, punk can go mainstream, hardcore can go mainstream. Mm-hmm. So let's ask, what do you think of Machine Gun Kelly doing a pop punk album? I don't give a shit, dude. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> like yeah. Like you do, I, I don't, I, I think that like, whether it be, he was just trying to make something that is going to sell well and he was just following the trend. Okay. Or if he was actually like, I want to write something that, you know, I, I remember when he was on Warp Tour, like, mm-hmm. and so it's like, if he, if he's going back to his roots, like, okay, cool. I mean, either way, man, you're, if you're an artist and you're pigeonholing yourself and you're going to write the same album the whole time. I mean, granted, Slayer did right. <laughs> Slayer, like, they did it super well. They wrote the same album yeah. over and over again, but like you know, <laughs> it rained a lot of money. Sure. <laughs> but um, 
if an artist doesn't like if they don't if, if they say stay in one box and they pigeonhole themselves then they're neglecting their art so like well you look at taylor swift yeah look at her progression look at like what she's yeah. putting out now re-releases of her old songs were, that she really wanted to do i love taylor swift by the way yeah i absolutely love taylor swift i do too <laughs> I do too. That's why we did the the, the love story <laughs> cover, and the the rest of the guys are like, yeah. "Oh, dude!" <laughs> but like, but you look you look at all that, and then you're like, "Oh, some people are gonna hate it. Some people are gonna like it. But some people are gonna stick through from album one to album ten and just love every minute of it." Yeah. And I, I think you know, I think you and I are on the same page with Machine Gun Kelly. Like in my mind, you know, there were so many like pop punk gatekeepers at the beginning, like, uh, rap boy's coming in. He's trying to just, you know, take away the scene or whatever. Like, yeah. but like you said, he was on warp tour. He used to do punk music. He, you know, like he's always had connection to that scene. Um, so like for me, it was like you said, he's exploring his art and whether you like it or not, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Like, that album could have fucking bombed, but he could say, you know what? I did what I wanted to do, and now I can move on to my next project. And I think, yeah. you know, another prime example of that, of course, I can't say that any of their albums have ever bombed, but Bring Me the Horizon. Mm-hmm. Not one album sounds the same. You know, they, they constantly are changing their sound. But at the same time, like, to your point about exploring artistry and and having a fan base when you're writing authentic music and things that you're passionate about and care about, there are fans from album number one of bring me the horizon that have followed them all the way to this latest album and loved everything they've done because it's true. Yeah. Whereas to kind of your point, my point from her, if we're just chasing that top 40 hit, you know, we just want to be billboard number one we may get that number one, but then what else do we have? You know, yeah. like, I don't want to be a flash in the pan type thing. I want, like you're saying, that grassroots fan base that is here because something that I wrote mattered to them too. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite, and it's really, it's dumb when you think about it, but like my favorite way of putting that is like, I want people to, genuinely give a shit mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. not, like like we were talking about earlier i would rather have people that genuinely give a shit one person that genuinely gives a shit than a hundred people that don't but they thought you know that was cool for the the set and then they're gonna dip out so they gave me a lot of right. empty words and said yeah. like oh that was so much fun but they're gonna leave like i want to see yeah. i'd rather see that one person losing their minds than the hundred people that thought it was cool, but like didn't really care and they didn't get the message. Yeah. And I, I think that'll be a good segue for us as we wrap up this episode, like a reminder for, for fans, like, Hey, first off, now that live music is coming back, get out there early and check out the fucking local headliners and stuff or the local openers and stuff. Like these people are busting their ass to live their dreams. And we are doing them such a disservice by waiting and being like, I only care about the headliner for this tour. Doesn't fucking matter. Show up, let them have some energy, let them, you know, work on their craft. And you never know, you may find your next favorite band 
It may be exactly. somebody from your local small town. Um, but, you know, to, to further on that point quickly is don't let it stop at the end of the show, like what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be empty words at the end of that set. Like, if you really liked it, start following them on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Leave comments, like support their stuff, share it with your friends. It costs zero dollars to share a Spotify or an Apple link for somebody else to take a listen. Comment on their Facebook posts because Facebook paid marketing sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It used to be really good and it is trash now. Yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So to, to wrap this up, I'm going to give you the last however long it takes you to, to do this. Uh, it's kind of the standard outro, man. So we're obviously going to link all your socials and everything, but tell fans where they can find you, kind of what to expect from you and anything you want them to know. Okay. So um, we are on Instagram at, at brave days TX. Uh, we're on the, the old, the twitter.com um, brave underscore days underscore TX Facebook brave days. And um yeah, you can expect oh Spotify, uh, iTunes is that still a thing, or is it Apple yeah. Music now? <laughs> it's Apple yeah. Music technically, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, MySpace. We're on the MySpace.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, or slash Apple Music, I guess. Deezer, all the major streaming platforms. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Go pirate our music. We don't care. Like as long as you're listening to it and you like you're enjoying it, that's. I just heard my neighbor. That scared me. I thought he was coming in, in my door. Uh, as long as you're enjoying uh, the music, who cares how you get it? You can pirate it. We'll allow it. That's that's cool. Um, we like we said, we have that single hit that follow button on on all of those. Uh, let us know. Send us memes. Comment, you know, on on our things, and like send us memes. Send us goofy gifts and stuff like that. Uh, we have a a group on Facebook called Brave Days Family and Friends that you can join. And we just have a blast in there. And we were usually just making fun of each other. And it's so much fun. <laughs> hey, but, but, uh, yeah. but I think, I, I was going to say real quick, I, I think that that's the type of stuff that people, you, you can't get that with a major band, right? Like Justin Bieber is not in any one of his Facebook groups interacting with you very rarely is he going to reply to your instagram dm you know like or your comment even like it's probably somebody else and that's the the fucking just amazing most lovely thing about diy artists and these up-and-coming artists is you and i've talked on instagram dm quite a bit we've commented on each other's posts stuff like that like it is really the artist that is talking to you so yeah. show that support because it's hitting that person and not, oh, their press team runs it and they may or may yeah. not know about it. Charlie came and said hi. Say hi. Yeah, I see that. Say hi, <laughs> hi Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, eyebrows. Awesome, man. <laughs> Go find your mom. Awesome, man. So, uh, you know, that's everything I've got for you. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, glad we were finally able to do all this. Um, and, you know, we're definitely going to, yeah, <laughs> it, it really has been like, I didn't look at the exact date, but it's been legitimately about a year now. Um, but, you know, shit happens. And oh, yeah, dude. maybe, 
maybe this was you know meant to be at this time but um i think a lot more you know like i said earlier (laughs) yeah for sure uh and i i think like i said earlier like not to, to blow smoke up your ass or anything like i really believe the music that you're writing has that authentic feel and that it's not even a feel because it really is authentic but you know what i mean like you're you're writing authentic music that people are going to start connecting with and it's really just going to be a matter of time before people kind of open their eyes or you know somehow get a, a hand on on the stream and go oh shit let's dive into this dude well i really appreciate that that's that's honestly like the that's what we want um, and we would rather hear, we would rather hear that someone connects with it than six set, bro. Kind of borrow your drum set, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But, yeah, awesome, man. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this will actually be going live this Wednesday. Uh, oh, cool. We're recording this on Monday. If anybody made it this far, uh, which I'm sure they will. But yeah, so this will be up Wednesday. I'll, I'll share the link over to you and all that. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to, to new music. So let me know when it's getting closer and ready and we'll blast everything we can for you. Dude, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And and uh, thanks for genuinely giving a shit about what we do. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, you have a good have night. Have a good one. Bye. And that was my conversation with Eric of the band Brave Days. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I definitely did. Um, definitely, you know, like I said at the beginning, think this is a band that you guys need to check out and see kind of for yourselves what you think of the sound and um, just the the lyrical content. You know, I think they're a band that a lot of people are going to relate to. And like I told Eric in the episode, you know, I really think that it's just a matter of time for them to kind of hit their stride, right? Like something's going to happen. One of their songs is going to blow up and people are really going to start looking their way. And, uh, I think it's coming pretty soon. So, um, you know, no matter what kind of genre you're normally a fan of or anything like that, definitely head over, check them out. Um, give them a, you know, like a follow, a subscribe, whatever, um on that follow them on social media i've got all that linked in the description of the podcast and um yeah like i think that this is going to be a a band again that you should have on your radar um and they are super active especially like on instagram and they love talking to their fans and and people, um, you know, like he was saying as well, they've got their uh, Facebook group where they just kind of roast each other and, you know, post memes and things like that. And that's always fun. So I think, you know, it's just a matter of people paying attention. You know, these small bands end up being the big bands that you love. So it's great to find them early. Um yeah, let them know that you listen to the podcast as well. Comment on our post, tag them, um, preferably on Instagram, just because it's what we use the most, and I think it's what they use the most, so that's where it's easiest. But 
um yeah for now guys let's uh wrap up this episode the the normal way um we're gonna take you out with the title track off their latest release and that is called work in progress remember guys take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene Never home, but I promise.